everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Hey, everyone. Hello. Ciao. Hey. <laughs> I just said ciao because Claire put it in the script. <laughs> I wrote it in the script. I didn't think anyone would actually do it. I'm glad that we're mentioning that Claire wrote the script because I wanted to preface this paragraph with that. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us for episode 53 of Hop Culture. It's the last week of our series following through in 2022. And today it is I, Grace, at the helm with choosing the area that I want to master this year. Uh, So I chose financial planning, and that's the ride we're bringing you along for today. So you guys pumped? So pumped and a little Um, nervous. I'm a little bit just... Bored? I'm kind of like, I'll probably... I'm not bored. I'm probably just going to leave feeling like sad about (laughs) my That's exactly how I'm feeling, or a little guilty and ashamed. Oh my gosh, guys, Mm -hmm. this is perfect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I already have a lot about Anne. Anne's probably feeling like secure and happy because she's Yeah, I feel like I've spent my entire married life talking about money (laughs) because of Matt. Mm -hmm. But I'm still excited because this is going to be a good reminder to me of maybe, I don't know budgeting i don't know what we're gonna get into maybe you should maybe you should explain (laughs) matt's uh like uh past sure so that the listeners understand yeah matt went to he got his bachelor's degree in personal financial planning and then he worked as a financial planner for a couple years before deciding that finance was just not very exciting for him but he's still like very interested in finances just wasn't a very fun job Mm -hmm. so he has now changed to healthcare administration but um yeah i i do enjoy talking about money i think it's very interesting Mm -hmm. Anne is the one who prompted me to take a family finance i loved family finance it was very helpful good class i am just nervous because i feel like this is i love the idea of being fiscally responsible, but I just don't have a lot of knowledge. The main piece of knowledge that I retained growing up was just don't ever uh, have a car payment. Just pay (laughs) cash for a vehicle. That's really like all that. That was just like really ingrained into me. When I told Matt what kind of life insurance policy we had originally, he laughed at me. He didn't even say anything. He just laughed. So I feel like I probably have some room to grow. So um, well, we have since upgraded. So no yeah. one, no one go like you know murdering Dave or anything because <laughs> now you I did some more research. Insured. Yeah, exactly. We're not getting that deep into this. We're not going to be going through like tax sheltering or. Yeah, life insurance. Don't even mention these words. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. I am not. Uh, Disclaimer, I'm not at all a financial planning. Like, I don't have my degree in that. I have no qualifications or certifications. I'm just interested in it. So, Well, you're getting your master's in finance. Yeah. But that, 
that's more like corporate finance and um, like banking type stuff mm. and investing. It's not really personal finance. For the average Joe. Yeah. Like, so you're just like us. Exactly. <laughs> just stumbling <laughs> along, struggling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. I need to get myself in shape. Is Grace just like us though? Because no. I think we've talked about this already that she used to iron her money. <laughs> yeah, Grace, I forgot I, about that. I do. I do love money. I love money. She's so yeah. Much. She's always. She loved wanted money. to invest yeah. in Bitcoin at like age fourteen or something. Mm-hmm. I was. I think I was eighteen or nineteen. And if I had invested, <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> I would be a multi multi millionaire oh. if I. Oh no! The, the small amount that I had wanted to invest in. So I'm so sorry, Grace. I can't, I can't oh. talk about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Grace. It's okay. You did, you're still going to be a multi millionaire. <laughs> you're still going to be a millionaire. Don't worry. Life is long. Well, we all are when we get into our. Retirement mm-hmm. savings yes. and investment portion. Totally. <laughs> Perfect. Before before we start, um, do you guys have a favorite like money themed movie or episode of like a TV show? Or do you have any like, I don't know, entertainment connections to the topic of money and being rich, basically? Well, I love the movie The Italian Job. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Gold Bricks. That was love. Yeah, the gold, gold bricks. bricks are gold so bricks. appealing. Love the idea of gold bricks. Yeah. yeah. So appealing. I do wonder if you just walked into like a gold shop or something with all these gold bricks, how, like, where would you be able to you'd cash those to, in? You'd have to, you'd lose a lot of the value probably on having to like fence them through like a, I don't know. <laughs> Some kind of like third TV party that will get you the money take a big cut yeah oh mm-hmm. that sounds right you, so they're not just waltzing into like a pawn shop and no you got to find like a criminal who's gonna mm-hmm. work with that hmm. or i feel cash. like you could probably melt down the gold pretty easily melt doesn't and, it melt and do what i don't know put it in a less obvious form. could you melt like mm-hmm. little coins could you melt coins, coins and turn them <laughs> into a brick could the average person Ooh. get that done somewhere? These are questions that are outside. The scope of this <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that idea. I like. I like that we're acting like Grace is a gold. <laughs> yeah, um, she probably is. I also love gold bricks. I love the movie Catch Me If You Can. Great, another great. Like, I love that movie. Heist. It's not really a heist. I don't know. Fraud film. Um, loved watching him print counterfeit money. Oh, no, it was counterfeit checks, wasn't it? It wasn't mm-hmm. counterfeit money. Counterfeit checks. And it's a really good one if you guys haven't seen it. It also reminds me of the movie Blank Check, another great check-themed Such movie. Such a great check-themed movie. My one that I really liked was a docu-series called McMillions. Oh, I forgot about that one. Did you watch it? That was really that was good. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that, that one. Very... Um, just fascinating that there are real people out there pulling real heists. I guess I asked this question and without realizing that all of our answers would be like criminal or heist adjacent <laughs> money films. I don't think they make films about like responsible finances. Your average Joe. Well, yeah. I mean, The Big Short was interesting, but it was so incredibly hard for me to understand. And the only part I really could actually say I enjoy was the parts where Steve Carell was like yelling into his cell phone because it was just like so funny to see him like that. But I didn't actually understand any of the 
like real estate side of things. So you're right. They don't really make movies that don't have some kind of like criminal element, I guess, when it comes to money. <laughs> Richie Rich, he was he came by his money, honestly. Yeah. I guess I was actually I was watching okay, I should admit this, but to get ready for this episode, I was thinking about Richie Rich and I watched the opening like <laughs> scenes and the YouTube comments Claire. were so sad because they were like they were like, wow, his dad was rich, but he made time for him. Like, it's really inspiring. Oh. And they're oh. like, at least his dad was, like, in his life. Most, like, high-powered CEO dads like that wouldn't even give their kids the time of day. YouTube and comments like, are actually a good so point. sad. Mm-hmm. They're, they're <laughs> they so really, sad. People open really up. earnest. Yeah. They're always mm-hmm. like, like, hats off to you, good gent, for sharing this information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clearly on a lot of, like... Contractor yeah, <laughs> videos for, like how to <laughs> install drywall or something. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. One comment was like, "Wow, thanks to everyone who watched this and helped it get to a thousand views." <gasps> and I was like, "A thousand oh, views isn't that oh. many." But it was it was real sweet. That's more than our <laughs> podcast ever yeah. got, Claire. I, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, okay, let's move on. Sorry, everybody, for the the detour. So before we dive into a few of the topics that I wanted to cover. I had everyone read an article that was on CNBC.com. The title is like a paragraph long, so I'm not going to read it, but it starts, there are seven (laughs) money personality types, and then it goes too long. So the seven types are the compulsive saver. So someone who's, you know, always saving probably has like a fear of spending and saves without any purpose, like just is saving for the sake of saving, um, has no goal. The compulsive spender is the opposite, and a lot of times it's emotional spending and can have buyer's remorse. The compulsive moneymaker, who needs to always be making more money and who wants like recognition for their financial success. The indifferent to money, who usually has plenty of money and so just thinks like, why why do we need to think about money? Thinks that it like shouldn't be important. Um, the saver splurger which is a combo of a saver and a spender. So you are usually responsible, but then you sometimes fly off into a spend mode. Uh, The gambler, which is like a spender, but a moneymaker. They take big risks with money. And then the worrier is always worried about losing money, doesn't think they're ever going to be able to get financial freedom, and always is like preparing for something. So which one of those would you guys say that you are? This stressed me out <laughs> reading these types. Can you change types as you get older? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it said, and it also said in the article, it was like most people are a combination, mm-hmm. like any personality yeah. test, like yeah. a combination of a few. Mm-hmm. It stressed me out too because none of them are really like ultimately, Healthy. they're all sort of bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If there isn't really one that's like, and the perfectly well rounded, you know, financial outlook. So yeah, there isn't really one that's like, necessarily i guess i would just say like the gambler is probably the worst but oh, I, I thought you were gonna say you are the gambler like, oh no <laughs> are you kidding no way no definitely not i was gonna say obviously that reveals like my mindset because i was like the gambler's the only one that's actually a terrible person and like shouldn't exist i could tell I'm grace was kind of annoyed at the indifferent to money type 
just from her. And that's definitely mm-hmm. my attitude. She revealed her <laughs> values. Yeah, she was like, and, you know, has plenty of money. So well, they don't care. It says in the article, probably well to do. And if you've ever been super stressed about not having money, you would mm-hmm. know you're only indifferent to money if you have plenty of it, I think. Mm-hmm. We've all met this type of person. I feel like I met a lot of this type of person when I went to college. Because I feel like when you go to college, all of a sudden you're thrown into like situations with so many people that mm-hmm. came from super different backgrounds, you know, like. And it's a phase and- where you're technically an adult, but your parents are footing the bill for a mm-hmm. lot of stuff mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. some people, but not for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Exactly. They're, it's very confusing, you know, because they don't really seem to care, but it's because they don't really have to think about it. So, yeah. I feel like I've met people I, like yeah, this I don't, before. I don't hate indifferent to money people. I just think, <laughs> I just think it sometimes comes across as judgmental of people who are like, mm-hmm. because I obviously like wasn't didn't struggle in in college, but it took mm-hmm. me so long to finish school that like by the end of college I had depleted a lot of my savings that I had saved earlier in college. I was stressed. I had credit card debt. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. This mm-hmm. is horrible. Like I, yeah. This is so stressful. Well, now totally. I'm stressed because <laughs> I was going to say, I think I'm a mix of indifferent and worrier, even though they're kind of opposing types. But I am terrified I like of mm-hmm. losing all of my money. And I, I feel like I have some qualities of the worrier, but I also just prefer not to really engage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, it's I feel overwhelming. Like- you're going through the tough transition of going from, you know, a single gal who doesn't have many of her own expenses, you know, to getting married and then looking down the, you know, the pipeline of medical school and all of the costs and like sacrifice that's going to come with that. So I think you're just having to change, majorly change like mindsets and yeah. lifestyles all of a sudden, mm-hmm. which is an understandable challenge. You and know? I think when you have just like situational financial concerns like you know you're not always going to be in this situation like money's tight but you're going to be making more money in the future hopefully Mm -hmm. like you can kind of start feeling indifferent to money because you're just like well I don't have money to spend right now but someday Mm -hmm. I will exactly I oscillate between that and then also having nightmares about (laughs) like Like, Luke gets paralyzed in medical school, and now we have debt, and we can't pay it. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm very scared. But What a horrible thought. I know. Well, that's the worrier side. So mm-hmm. there's there's two sides to my Yeah, you definitely have some of the worrier for sure. I think the indifferent one, it was interesting. That one was actually really interesting to me too because I think the way I see it, that flare up a little bit in myself is more – the thought that like caring about money too much is sort of like a moral thing Mm -hmm. kind of like Mm -hmm. of like, Oh, like you shouldn't talk about money a lot. And like social situations, not, I'm not saying if you're my friend, you know, I talk about money plenty, but like, I'm not saying that I necessarily feel that way, but just the thought of like, Oh, you want to be tactful around, you know, talking about money or you, it's better to make choices based on like, I don't know, some kind of higher like moral virtue rather yeah. than like selfishly. And I've seen that in myself, definitely. I mean, I, I chose to be a teacher, 
which if I could go back in time, I would not have done. So like, I think that shows that I was definitely kind of in that mindset before yeah. of like, just thinking like, oh, money's not, you know, money doesn't solve all your problems, which it definitely doesn't. But there is a, a reality to, yes, money doesn't buy happiness, but it can make life mm-hmm. easier so which one, for mm-hmm. your family. Which, yeah, which one you are you, you there? I would say, honestly, at this stage of life, I'm probably more of the saver. Is it saver spender? Saver the splurger. One that's like, saver splurger. Saver splurger. Like, I'm pretty, I think I'm, I don't know, Dave would maybe disagree. You're probably but, just a saver. I don't think you splurge, really. I mean, I have little splurges. My splurges would be like, oh, I went to Costco and just like threw some <laughs> things in the cart. That's, that, just like, that's not a splurge. That's, yeah. <laughs> that, I think you're just. I'm probably, probably more saver. just a saver. I don't, I don't like do crazy splurges. Like, I don't know, go out and buy like a brand new set of furniture without thinking about it or something like that. So yeah, I'm probably just a saver. I think I'm a saver splurger. Mm-hmm. That I seems like too. the most common type. Yeah. Me. I think Anne and I, so this is going to come up later. And I want to say one more thing is that I think that the indifferent to money is probably a healthy goal to work towards. Mm-hmm. I just think if you aren't able to step back and see like people can't always be indifferent to money mm-hmm. and then you have not achieved some sort of higher, higher moral yeah. status. I, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. It's dangerous. But the saver mm-hmm. splurger is, I feel like part of our ADHD, Anne. <gasps> It's probably true. Yeah. That that was brought up in the other article, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Because mental mm-hmm. health is really tied up in money with like depression, anxiety, which like so many people have or have experienced. Yeah. Makes it so hard. Bipolar disorder is like you can either be feeling like good and like spend something crazy and then you spiral into like a depression mm-hmm. and you regret it. And sort of similar things happen with ADHD where it's like, One moment you're like, okay, I'm really focused on my money. I've planned it. Like everything is perfect. And then you get excited and you do something that you shouldn't have. Yeah. Or done something so dumb. Definitely. Yeah. I I feel like, yeah, we'll like set up budgets and I'll be like so proud and like have all these things we're saving for. And then for some reason, just like every once in a while, I'm just like, I'm going to just buy everything I want. <laughs> like not everything I want, <laughs> yeah. but everything that's like almost a need. Like, well, I really need more skincare products. And like, no, I don't. But like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yet I find myself buying them. But it's never anything like super expensive. But I was going to say, Anne, I don't feel like you're ever you're doing like crazy stuff. I think but if she were left to her own devices, yeah, I think she would. I would. Like, Mm-hmm. If I didn't That's have to have Matt be like, what is this $5 to this or that on the, because he like, he <laughs> looks through the credit card bill just in case someone has like scammed us or like stolen our credit card and then <clears throat> asks me really embarrassing questions because he genuinely will think that someone like stole the credit card <laughs> something really dumb and then I have to tell him what dumb thing I got. So, but like before we got married and I was just like, I was making pretty good money at the MTC. I was like, I'm going to save it all. (laughs) And like, that way when I get married, I'm going to have so much money. And I saved a good amount of it. But then I would just suddenly buy like a Kate Spade coat because my roommate was also buying one and wanted to match. Like just probably Mm -hmm. bad decisions, but. But like good decisions. So that's something that. 
that I want to talk about is, well, let's get into retirement goals, which is really a probably the biggest overwhelming thing that people are saving for, I would mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like maybe kids college, but like you can get away with not saving for your kids college, you know, mm-hmm. plenty of people I knew mm-hmm. who had like nice parents and mm-hmm. did really well in school, like had to pay for their own stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you can get and away some, with some not- parents like preferred to have their kids have that experience yeah. of like, yeah, they just working to their way through. Yeah. And honestly, if you are a kid in college and you have the choice between your parents are saving for their retirement or they're saving for your college, I would much rather be like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have to support my parents when they get old than have to like <laughs> work a job yeah. in yeah. school. Get some totally. student loans or and something. Get, like, yeah, loans scholarships and stuff. <laughs> Very good so, point. <laughs> if it's down to those two, I would probably say retirement. But that is like the big thing that people don't want to think about, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And so... There's a if you Google retirement calculator, I think the first one that pops up is a nerd wallet one. And what I really like about it is it you put in how much money you make and you put in I think you put in a rate. Um no, you don't even put in a rate. It just automatically does it for you. So you put in your age, your income, how much you have in savings and how much you're going to save every month. And then it is assuming that you're going to be investing it, which we'll talk about later. And it tells you how much you need and how much you will have based on like what you think you're going to be saving every month. So what I like about this is it just gives you an honest picture of what you need. And I think that it's like, it's a painful first step sometimes because for instance, putting in $500 a month, it says I'm not going to have, these are just the base numbers. The numbers that it auto generates for you, if you're saving 500 a month, you're not going to have enough, which is like, really Mm -hmm. stressful. But at the same time, you know the number that you need to be hitting, which I think is better than just flailing around knowing that something's out there that you're not doing, but like not knowing. It's like when you have a lot of stuff to do and you write it all down and it it feels better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I was going to say I'm just fiddling with it right now and it is a little (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm, I'm keep making it more like more liberal estimation. (laughs) Being like, well, let's this and like, like oh, I, I retire at 80 I'm, years old and I only need a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> and I'm like, in a few years, I'll be making like 300,000 a year. And, and I own my home, <laughs> I don't have a mortgage by then. And I plan and like, on dying oh, at I'm- age 85. <laughs> How much do I need? <laughs> yeah, retire at 80. Die at 80. <laughs> uh, no, this is really cool though. The, the other thing it has is like, if there's an optional thing that you can click. And you can put in, you can either say you're going to spend less, you can put in other income. I like the other income because, I mean, I wouldn't bank on social security, but like, you're probably going to get some social security. You know, I don't think it's... I don't know. You might though. And I I would put that in there just to feel like I'm not going to be destitute if I don't have $3 million saved mm-hmm. by the time I mm-hmm. retire, you know? I Because I just don't think, I mean, tons of people don't save much for retirement yeah. and like, they make it yeah you know that's true mm-hmm. it's not like we just don't have any old people in in the u.s it's like there mm-hmm. might not be like social security but like there would probably be something if like worse to came help. to and worst like, mm-hmm. and like claire was saying like you'll you know you could own your home like there's different things yeah so i would say if you are 
working, I would start with investing however much, like look at your budget and just see how much you can comfortably invest. Start with that number, do it for a few months, and then just go up like $50 a month. You know, keep setting goals until you are able to hit the number that you actually need to be saving every month. If you're in school, it's hard when you're in school and you're like, well, I'm not making any money right now or very much at all but I'm going to be making a lot more. So I'll just catch up, you know, when I graduate. And that's true. Like you will catch up, but I would say never let a month go by that you're not investing like a hundred dollars a month at least. Well, what do you do if like your income is literally zero? I would say there's things like plasma, DoorDash, tutoring. You know, there's so many little side things that take a couple hours a week that you could get a hundred dollars a month from mm-hmm. and do something like that. There are people who can't do that. You know, like, mm-hmm. I feel like single parents, uh, there's lots of situations where that's not actually, you know, it's not like every single yeah. person can do this, but I literally think almost any like college student, young couple, like mm-hmm. a lot people of people in good that, health. Yeah. People that probably like the majority of people listening to this, mm-hmm. I think if you stretch yourself, you could do a hundred dollars a month. And I just think the habit is so helpful mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like I graduated and got a job and then I was like, oh, this <laughs> it was just nice to have income. And then you want to start spending it. But if you have the habit in place that you're saving a hundred dollars a month and it's like exciting to go look at it building and uh, you're going to save more. And when you graduate, you're going to actually increase to what you told yourself you would when you're in school. Yeah. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Plus if you have totally. like that goal, then Instead of maybe recklessly splurging on some things that you don't actually need, you'll be like, well, I really want to be able to like invest $100 this month. So instead of going on a little mini shopping spree, because I just feel like no matter what, you have to buy something sometimes just to make yourself mm-hmm. happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be the splurger side. But like, yeah, you might. You might be making no like money at the moment, but you are going to probably end up spending it. So if you have a goal to save and put some money aside, then you might be less likely to like splurge on stuff you don't need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or just splurge Definitely. like a little, yeah. a little less. less. Like one thing I like is if you're not a big budgeter, like I, I just don't stay on budget very well. Like I just can't focus on it for 30 days at a time. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. If you put the investment First, like you get your paycheck and you, you know, if every two weeks you get paid and you take your $50 out, then that's just $50 that you don't have anymore. And then you don't have to really budget that much because it's like, you're just going to end up, you know, you'll spend what you, Mm -hmm. what you have. And then you're not worrying about like, I got to be saving, like always just feeling like you're giving stuff up because you have a goal. And once you Mm -hmm. reach it, you don't have to do more. You don't have to be compulsively saving. Like you can enjoy your life. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't feel like you're constantly going without for your entire Mm -hmm. adult life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so then that kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which was the difference between earning more versus spending less, because there are really two ways that you can get to the same goal, which is like, duh, if you make more money, you can save more money. But I think we get hung up on budgeting and like tightening things down and not spending anything. And it takes a hard look at your career prospects to think about how can I be making more? Mm -hmm. For Mm -hmm. me, that sort of prompted me to change my job was like the realization that I was trying so hard to budget and I just needed 
a better job yeah. than what I had. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. I have a question, Grace. What do you think – this is – I it connects back to this, but, like, what do you think of Dave Ramsey? <gasps> Ooh. Do you have an opinion? Uh, I know I... Grace has opinions. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do. I feel like a lot of people – well, he has some problematic – stuff. Yeah. I'm not even talking about the problematic <laughs> stuff in his company. Pre, I'm talking about just <laughs> pre-finding out the out about the problematic stuff. I hated Dave Ramsey. <laughs> I find him so annoying. He's just just listening to him makes my skin crawl. But I think his, I actually I think his tips I are love actually like pretty pretty good. And they're especially good if you have a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's geared. He's not necessarily like if you really want to get into the finer points of like investing or things like that. Yeah, I, it's probably not really of interest. I It is good for people that just need like some basics and definitely for getting out of debt. Um, I love listening to his show. I do too. I've listened to it for like <laughs> years. I know he has some problematic stuff, so I'm not necessarily yeah. endorsing like his, uh, you know, the way he runs things at his business or whatever. But um, I don't find him as annoying. I'm annoying. I love his little <laughs> sayings. Uh, but one thing that he did open my eyes to was the concept of like, he's he'll sometimes say like, it sounds like you don't have a spending problem. You have an earning problem. If it's a person that's like, so I make $12,000 a year as a full-time <laughs> playwright or something and he's like well you're never like just mathematically like it is impossible you can't there's fixed costs Mm -hmm, to being mm -hmm. alive you know like you can't Mm -hmm. there's only so much you can do and he'll say like you have a big hole and a and a little shovel basically like you're never gonna dig yourself out of this huge like hole of debt if if like your earning capacity is so small so um, yeah, that was something that he kind of opened my eyes to was because I, I totally, especially when Dave and I were first married and like, you know, we were still getting through school and our budget was just so small and I would kind of just feel sort of like just hopeless a little bit like, wow, like we can't spend any money or like how could we possibly spend less money than we're spending right now? But I guess we have to. And you read these articles. I know there's kind of the... um the sarcastic joke on on like Twitter and stuff that if millennials would just buy less avocado toast, like we would be able to, you know, like yeah. own our own homes. Cause you hear that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. well, people just, you know, they live so extravagantly and they just need to buckle down more, which I mean can definitely be true in some cases. Like I, I actually really like to budget and I, I um do think there's a ton of value in, looking at where your money's going and mm-hmm. uh, being careful about like little purchases and stuff. But um, there comes a certain point where it's not like there's only so much that budgeting can do. And I found so on the article, the personality types article, you know, it had links to others. And I clicked on this one out of curiosity. It said, so this guy was, okay, what is with CNBC's titles? I don't know <laughs> if it's like an SEO thing. I think they're trying to put SEO, every yeah. every buzzword like they could writing them probably because they're like a paragraph long, but it says thirty eight year old retiree colon in quotes America stop wasting your money on these seven things if you want to retire early. Oh my god! So the seven things were eating out, which I do think a lot of people mm-hmm. overspend on eating out. Definitely phone upgrades, which I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking of like 
you know, my social circle, but I don't feel like the people I don't spend that, that I, I interact I, I with. I had coworkers. I had a coworker who was like, like, oh, we're not getting bonuses this quarter. Guess I'll have to buy the new iPhone with just my own money. <laughs> and was like, just going to buy it. And I was like, what do you mean you have to oh. buy it? <laughs> I do not live <laughs> in that world. That. <laughs> you could get a refurbished iPhone 8 yeah. on eBay yeah. like the rest of us. Or you could have a, so, a broken iPhone 8. The sound doesn't work. And neither does the rigor. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe maybe I'm in a bubble because to me I'm like I don't feel like people I know are just recklessly upgrading their phones without being able to afford it, but maybe maybe people do that. Clothing and apparel, which yeah, sure. Lottery tickets. I just don't know anyone that plays the lottery, so. <laughs> but I'm yeah, I've I mean obviously it, it's, yeah, it's big here. Around here. That's true. I mean, yeah, you see, I guess that's true. Um extended warranties, which I again, I think I'm just really cheap. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't, I've never bought an extension. <laughs> if I break it, when we, I don't deserve to have it. So exactly. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. When we were renting our cars in Florida, dad was standing by me while I was like signing for the car. And the guy, you know, was like, So what kind of insurance do you want on it? And I've only rented like one car in my life. So, because usually we're either driving somewhere or going to visit family and just like riding with them. So I just never have reasons to rent a car. Um, so I just looked at dad and I was like, which one? <laughs> I had no idea. And he he's like, the lowest one. <laughs> and I was like, the lowest one, please. <laughs> I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know like what it meant. I was so clueless. And oh, cable TV, which I don't know. Again, I'm a millennial. I don't have cable. And the number seven was impulse purchases, which, yeah, I guess that's that's like a catch-all category. That's so I was like, this is the worst yeah. article I've ever read in my that's entire so life. Dumb. Mm-hmm. I think it was a robot it's hard who, to cut those who wrote things this. Out. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And I heard someone say, like, a lot of the things that you get told to cut out some not that list but like people would be like well you don't need to go to starbucks and you don't need to buy clothes and a lot of them are like pointed at like women and things that like women typically Mm -hmm. like and they're like Mm -hmm. is this maybe just a way that you're trying to tell women like no 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 you don't need to like ask for (laughs) a raise you just need to spend less on your stupid interests like that's a good point (laughs) totally (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a really that's good point. Super, a super good point. I also think you can have one or two of those things in your life. Like mm-hmm. if you if you are always buying clothes and Starbucks and eating out, yeah, and iPhone upgrades, you know, like mm-hmm. look at which one of those you could cut. Mm-hmm. But if if one of those is like your like life's simple pleasures <laughs> moment, mm-hmm. yeah, just keep it. I. That's why I like the putting putting away the money you want to save first approach is like then you don't have any guilt tied up in the mm-hmm. rest of the money that you spent because like mm-hmm. you did the good thing with it. There's no moral things tied with spending money unless you feel like you should be giving to charity or something. But like mm-hmm. you know, it's not it's not any more morally sound to like save versus spend if you have saved what you told yourself you were going to. Yeah. Yeah. I think the main thing with looking at what you're spending is just being realistic about the use you're getting out of things, Mm -hmm. you know, and just being smart about like, oh, is this a subscription that I forgot to cancel? Like just I think being um, and that goes back to the indifferent to money personality type 
from earlier. I think one of the tenets of that one was um, it said, just be careful that you are involved in the financial decisions, you know, in Mm -hmm. your marriage or whenever your financial situation is like, don't just sign that over to someone else. And I think that just goes back to like being aware of where your money's going. And if you have a gym membership and you never are going to the gym, then just be smart about like canceling Mm -hmm. that or, you know, whatever the case may be. I had a workout subscription I was paying for during the pandemic And I think there was some emotion tied up in it because I was feeling a lot of like guilt over the fact that I just wasn't (laughs) using it. And every month I would be like, oh, no, I'm like, I'm going to pay for it again because like I really am going to use it this time. And I would try to like justify it to myself. And finally, I just sat down and I, I like sat Dave down and I was like. I think I need to cancel. And he was like, okay. And I and I was like, I just feel really bad because I feel like it was just like, it was almost like I wanted to start using it to justify the money that we'd yeah. essentially like flush down the toilet from the previous months. And finally, I was like, this isn't making like logical sense. Me not using it another month is not mm-hmm. going to justify bring back the, old the money. fact, bring back the dead money. Exactly. So I was like, okay, it's time. He like was so not phased or upset about yeah. it at all. I'm like, I was trying to like, picture Dave like caring about this. <laughs> yeah. He he's so like when I hear about these husbands that are like because you hear stories about husbands that are like pretty financially abusive, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. like you can't spend money on this or, you know, I actually watched back to the making fun of what women spend money on. There was this kind of viral video going around. I won't name any names, but maybe some of you saw it. And it was like these two male comedians that were pretend, like impersonating their wives basically and like making fun of like the things like you know all wives do or uh-huh. whatever and i was like this kind of rubs me the wrong way mm-hmm. because it was just like basically saying like women are so dumb kind yeah. of and i don't know i know it was like supposed to be funny but one of them was the starbucks thing and it was like we have coffee at home but she goes to starbucks every day blah blah, blah that kind of thing and i'm like okay like, sometimes you just need a little something to get through the day. Yeah. And I'm the, I don't even I'm drink so coffee, sorry but like, that I wanted to get out of the house yeah. for two yeah. seconds. Like, yeah. For yeah. A like, purchase. Oh, exactly. one other thing about that is I, and this is a like generalization, but I feel like a lot of things that women like to buy are smaller and add up mm-hmm. daily, whereas men mm-hmm. are like, I'm going to buy a truck or like a TV. <laughs> I'm going to get this. Or, yeah. A boat, yeah, like a boat. it's like one like purchases that are just as expensive as if you added up their wives' purchases. Mm-hmm. So everybody's That's so true. The same frivolous. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, men are the, the worst. Family, <laughs> the family finance. Men are great. Remember the family finance professor? What is his name? Do you know? Uh, oh, I don't okay. remember his name. Um, he's the, quite funny. The family finance professor at BYU. He and his wife would budget in, like, they called it mad money. I was going to talk about mad money. Oh, yeah. you you tell it. Oh, okay. Well, no, you tell <laughs> it. I've been talking okay. more. I'll tell it. I Was it Dr. Hill? Yes, it was Dr. Dr. Hill. Dr. Hill, yes. He's so funny. He, some of his tips, I, they went in one ear and out the other. Like, <laughs> yeah. he told me, he told us, because he's, he, I feel like he's a big, like, spend less be so so frugal and it's like so frugal that like he would pay his kids 
he budgeted out how much it would cost him to buy a huge thing of flour, and then he'd pay his kids 50 cents a week to make four loaves of bread (laughs) because he didn't want to buy bread at the store because it was like an extra dollar per week. That kind of frugality. But he did, for the most part, he had some really good tips. And one of them was mad money, which is when you're married, or I guess even if you're single, but especially if you're married, you each have this certain amount of money and you agree on this amount that you have per month that the other person cannot say moot about. Like you spend it however you want. You budget it out. When it runs out, then you have to answer to the other person if you want to buy something. But yeah, I've only actually been using that tip for a couple months because um, I forgot about it for a while, but it actually is really helpful for me because then I don't have any guilt associated mm-hmm. with my purchases because I already know how much money I have allotted for myself. And then I get to buy like fun things. Like I bought a bunch of red aspen nails this month and I felt no <laughs> guilt about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know. I think that could be a good idea. I think, I don't know. Sometimes people are like, well, that's an allowance. And like, you shouldn't be giving each other an allowance or whatever, but it's like, well, no, it's just I like if you agree a, on it, a goal, it's just a guilt-free, mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. splurge, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just like yeah. it doesn't mean you can't ever spend money on something, you know, that costs more than your mad money or whatever, or if there were something that was going to benefit your whole family, like maybe that wouldn't come out of your mad money, but if mm-hmm. you, yeah, if I don't know, sometimes there's things that Matt's like oh, someday we should get a boat or something. And I'm like, I don't really want to buy a boat. But like, <laughs> if you were to like save his mad money uh-huh, for boat, many years, <laughs> then I wouldn't be like annoyed by it, you know? And there's just mm-hmm. sometimes things that like the other person wants to buy or you want to buy that you like maybe wouldn't agree about. Mm-hmm. But like, that would be a reason why you could use your mad money. Yeah. Well, and I get the whole like, oh, it's an allowance, but what's the alternative to just like yeah. spend spend willy nilly and like yeah. yes. or have to argue with each like, other about how you're. It's nice to kind of feel like you still have some independence with mm-hmm. some amount of money, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you guys know I'm not really that frugal. I mean, I am in some ways too frugal, but then I. <laughs> I'm very relaxed in others, so. Mm-hmm. Grace is, like, super generous, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of her great qualities. Oh, thank you. Uh, but I, yeah, I just think that you can be financially, like, stable and feel good about yourself without being so rigid. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like finances, totally. it's sort of like dieting where it's, like, it's a thing that you have to use money versus, like, food. Mm-hmm. So you can't just quit yeah. it cold turkey. But there's all these regulations on, like, how you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it perfectly, like, there's all this guilt and shame. And it's like, mm-hmm. it shouldn't totally. apply to food and it shouldn't apply to money. And there's a lot of, like, other people's opinions mm-hmm. and, like, like mm-hmm. past experiences that kind of factor yeah, into. Like, yeah, social stigmas for sure. Yeah, and, like, there's so much, like, wrapped up in it and, like, people don't talk yeah. about yeah. it very much. Like It's so emotional. Yeah, that is so true. That's yeah. a great analogy, Grace. So mm-hmm. just like diet culture, reject <laughs> your shame with money. Um, yes. And the last thing I want to say is just um, some investing tips because I think – a lot of young people haven't 
invested before. Obviously, at some point, you didn't have money as a teenager, and then you did have money. So like, you have to start somewhere. And there's a couple of apps that I really like. Uh, the first one is called Betterment. And it's what I like about it is it just auto invests for you. And you can set up like retirement accounts in there, or you can just set up a savings account that doesn't invest in anything. And it just does the work for you. And it, wow. it's pretty cheap. It's if you had $10,000 invested, you'd pay $25 a year. If you had $1,000, you'd pay like $250 a year. Oh. If you had that's $100, cool. you'd pay 25 cents. So it's super, wow. It's very cheap. And especially if you only have a little bit of money, it's super, super cheap. And mm-hmm. there's no minimum investment that you need. And it just, it just does it for you. And you can it's set probably up, fun like, to get on there and like see all your stuff. Too. Yeah, because there's different yeah. there's different goals you can set up. So like you can have a general savings, like you can save for a trip, you can Ooh. invest, you could have like a shorter term investment that's like for a house in 10 years or something. You know, like there's all these different things you can do and it's really easy. And then the other app I really like to use is called M1 Finance. And it's a little bit more hands-on and it's, you create your own, you can create your own portfolios in there, but then it auto does it every month. So like when you put your money in, you just say allot it to this portfolio and it just rebalances everything. So you don't have to be every month seeing like, how much do I have in this investment and this, you know, like once you've set it up, it'll just do it automatically. And I think that one, I don't think that one costs anything. Um, And they have some pre-programmed portfolios too. So you can just say like, I want to do the 2040 investment plan and just put your money in that. And, and you're not investing within these companies. These companies are buying like Vanguard ETFs and like Mm -hmm. they're buying big, they're buying the stuff that you would buy yourself if you were going to do it. You just don't have to spend the time and like learn about it. That's nice. That's really That probably takes some of the emotion out of it. If, Mm mm-hmm. If you're not like fully responsible, <laughs> I was like, say fully invested. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you're not fully responsible or like the one who's necessarily like controlling or like making all the decisions, then like you're probably less likely to like panic and pull out your money, you yeah, know, or feel like, wow, um, I'm so stupid. I invested in this and it went down. Yeah, yeah. You can just kind of, I don't know detach a little bit from it Mm -hmm. yeah and you can set up it'll pull automatically you can set it up to pull twice a month or once a month or whatever so you can do it after you get a paycheck and then you don't don't even have to think about it it's just rolling into your investments and one that sounds good final word is if you were to invest a hundred dollars a month like i said is the minimum that you could be doing And for 35 years, which means like if you were around my age and you got to retirement age, you would have $137,000, which isn't enough to retire. But think about if you were to just have $137,000 right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That would be like, that's so much money. Mm -hmm. And a hundred bucks a month is not probably sacrificing too much. It's Mm -hmm. either. That's like going out to eat two times. Or going, yeah, <laughs> cutting out a couple times, going out to eat, or like waiting for something that you want to go on sale instead of mm-hmm. buying it, like 
when you wanted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very inspiring. I remember mm-hmm. seeing a chart, a similar thing to that in like a paper form in high school. And I was very inspired. It did not, it's depressing to think about where that money would be if I hadn't <laughs> even started it in high school. But like you said, there's no guilt about things we've done in the past. There's no guilt. It's, it's just, never too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Grace, for um, for leading us in this very insightful discussion. Um, I think we all have some changes to make, but I think I'm not going to change anything. I'm just going to. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm well, my, my my plan is just to like be in Grace's good graces. No pun intended. <laughs> um, and and just sort of like be a piranha on her as as we age together. That's my plan. Well, that can't be all of our plan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so um, thank you all for tuning in. And let's finish it up with some weekly wins. Um, Okay, so I have two quick ones. Um, One is just for local friends, unfortunately. But um, I have been really frustrated lately when I've tried to get prescriptions filled. Um... At our local CVS, it is, in fact, a CVS, not a Rite Aid. (laughs) That's a throwback to a previous episode. Um, I have verified this. But every time I call, it's like a 45-minute hold. And I was whining about this to our pediatrician um, when we were talking about getting a prescription filled for one of the kids. And she was like, oh, well, have you tried Parafil? And I was like, no, what's that? And it's this local company, and it's amazing. They do – they're a full-service pharmacy and they have free delivery and i was kind of like what skeptical yeah i was like this sounds too good to be true like is it just essential oils like do they actually have <laughs> like all of the drugs you would expect at a pharmacy and i was also like is it free delivery like uber eats where it's like all these fees and you're supposed to add a tip and you know all this stuff i was like i don't know i'm skeptical it was so easy. She submitted it to them. They called me like that day and were like, hey, we wanted to get this prescription out for you. And they dropped it off the next day and it was totally free delivery. All I had to pay was the copay that I would have paid at CVS too. So wow. Wow. it was incredible. I loved it. And it's a really great concept. And um, if you like me want to move away from big pharma, as they call it, I would totally – recommend it no i'm just kidding i know it's not big pharma um but yeah local friends check them out because i really want them to stay in business and um the other one was our good friend annalise um friend of the podcast uh let me know that because we talked about chessie from the parent trap on our where are they now episode and she was like hey fyi chessie the actress is on this new show on abc called abbott elementary And she was like, it's really good. So I watched it. I think there's four episodes now. Um, You can see it on Hulu. It's really cute. And I feel a lot better recommending it than I did last week (laughs) recommending Ted Lasso. Because it's only rated PG. It's very clean. It's really cute. It's about... I wanted to watch that. I'm glad it's good. Yeah, it's really cute. Like, the cast is super likable. Um, It's like... It's funny... And heartwarming, and it's about um, elementary school teachers in the Philadelphia public school system. And so, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend that. And thank you, Annalise, for telling us about it. (laughs) Um, Well, 
My win is, so I think I touched on this briefly last week, but I was in Orlando at Disney World uh, for a company (laughs) retreat, staying at the Disney Beach Club Resort. And guys, I loved it. Are you a Disney adult? I think I'm a Disney adult. I'm not a Disney adult. I wouldn't go that far, but... Are you a Dis nerd? (laughs) I would never call myself such a thing, but it was actually so fun. I ordered myself a, like, Scentsy filler that is the (gasps) scent of the lobby. Oh, Oh my gosh. You're kidding. Okay, you're a Dis nerd. Oh, my gosh. I never thought that was such a Dis nerd thing. such a thing. Oh my um, word. It was so good. And I looked, I was like, well, maybe if I save, I could afford it. And I looked and if you didn't have like the group rates, it's like $900 <gasps> or something. Oh my so word. Wow. Never, so again, nice never again in my life. Though. That sounds so I know fun. it was so nice, but that was oh, a once in a lifetime this thing. Makes there's, me, like, there's nervous. cheaper, there's cheaper Disney Anne's getting I, wait. What's that about? I feel like you're gonna be disappointed in our Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will say this. this was like nine hundred dollars for five nights. So. The Beach Club Resort is kind of shabby for the pre- like. I was hmm. if I were to spend that much money, I want it to be would want the hotel to actually be mm-hmm. like a lot fancier. High yeah. class. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. okay my weekly win i have a mini win which is wordle have you guys played wordle oh everyone's talking about it everyone's talking about wordle what's the controversy wait some guy made a copycat app (gasps) and then people ripped him apart as if apps are not constantly copying each other (laughs) i know every business doesn't do that yeah i was like that's he he tweeted he was like wordle is a ripoff of a game from i don't know the seven yeah i was like this game seems familiar i was confused why everyone was obsessed with it but i think the genius part is that it just gives you one a day and so Mm -hmm. you just really Mm want to play it again but you can't so that is genius Mm -hmm. check it out um, do you play against people like words with no, friends? but you you all have the same word every day. So mm. Matt and I both will play it and he'll be like, did you do the wordle yet? <laughs> like, ooh, that sounds how fun. Many, how many guesses did it take you? And just like, <gasps> ooh, I want to do it. It is fun. Don't so, tell dad about it because dad will get obsessed no. with it. Yeah. Oh. Matt yeah. said the same thing. He's like, don't tell your dad. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't get too obsessed with it because you can only play it once a day. That's, That's true. true. That's mm-hmm. good. So, okay. That was just my mini win. But my can big... Can call it a mini winnie? <laughs> my mini winnie. <laughs> my biggie winnie is that... <laughs> oh, I hate that so much. <laughs> I want to die. I'm so sorry. Um, my official win is a serious win. And it's that I, you guys know this already, but I got the Ninja Foodie. Oh, oh yeah. I the forgot about that. Um, yeah. There's like multiple Ninja Foodies, so it's confusing, but it's the one that flips down. It's like a nine in one air fryer thingy. And now that I have used it for like however long, over a month, I, oh my gosh, I wholeheartedly recommend it. I love it so much. 
We use it every day. I hardly ever use my oven anymore. <laughs> and it just does everything. And I love that it flips down mm-hmm. because it actually doesn't take up very much counter space, but it's huge. Like you can put so much food in it. So I just, it's really, it's everything I hoped it would be. And I was worried that, I don't know, I was worried that I'd regret spending the money on it, but I got a really good deal on it and I love it so much. That goes back to what Grace was saying about, you know, life isn't just about saving. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's worth the splurge. Yeah. I'm happy for you. You can be a real influencer now with your influencer kitchen and your flip down ninja that all the influencers have. I am so proud of you. I'm not an influencer, but I am a gadget lady now. I can't stop buying gadgets. <laughs> um, well, speaking of air fryers, I have a mini Winnie. Um, <laughs> I got. <laughs> oh. I bought a forty dollar uh, air fryer at Costco that is not that nice. I mean, it works well, but it's very clunky and doesn't hold that much food. So it's the opposite of the Ninja. Um, <laughs> That's like mine, <laughs> but it's super nice, um, and I discovered because i usually don't really like brussels sprouts very much if you pour a lot of maple syrup on them they're fine but i discovered um you know those smashed brussels sprouts recipes that are Mm -hmm. going around they're Mm -hmm. actually really good and so i've been making those and i have discovered i actually like brussels sprouts that way so that's that's it try that just a mini win uh e and then the main win is that my my blow dryer came. <gasps> and it has, I know. This is it with the diffuser. Very nice. Very it's large so pretty. diffuser. Cool. It, I feel like it really has. Your hair looks mm-hmm. really good. Your hair good. does yeah. look great. Thanks, I wish guys. that the people I've listening really could trying. see the blow dryer and Tessa's hair because they both look Can I? I'm going to play a little sample of it because it has the fanciest sound. Oh. I'm going to hold it back. Wait. Wow, that's not your yeah. that's not your mother's blow dryer. It just sounds like rushing no. air. Yeah, I know. Sound it like... sounds like a Dyson. Like, yeah. uh, well, I guess it is a, probably just a rip off of the Dyson, <laughs> but it's really nice. It's the Shark. Um, I don't remember what it's called. It's their only hair dryer. So, <laughs> does it one. have the humongous like curl attachment? Did yours come with that? <gasps> yeah, yeah, I'm and it so actually works really well. Thing. I tried it, and my hair was like had nice like waves the way that they are when I like curl it, but it was faster and it lasted me like four days. Wow. And, yeah. Ooh, I'm intrigued. So, so far, and it does my hair so much faster. Like it took like seven minutes to dry like my wow. soaking wet hair completely wow. and like straighten oh, this it with is not the helping attachment my impulse by great oh, you I'm should so get sorry. it save up for it though because Please. it's really i'll save for it honestly the best <laughs> wink. her face wink. so clearly not gonna save grace. do it do it grace yeah it's um, totally worth the investment and yeah, I'm very satisfied. Okay. I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week. So follow hopculturepod for more fun. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>